All of our viewers from other countries are like, COVID? That was like three months ago. What are you guys Yeah, COVID is just like, we did that fine. We're doing great. America, We're, though. We are not okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> America, though. This whole podcast is a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bucky Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 42 supplemental. It's our one year anniversary and I guess we could do a Tawny Man intro at the end. And I'm Rachel. I'm Alyssa. I'm Jenny. I'm Eli. I'm Elena. I'm Ashley. And I'm Joey. So it's full crew, worst nightmare for everyone that complains that there are too many people on this podcast. <laughs> there will only be more as we go on. There's all, yeah, we're just going to add more and more people. It's too <laughs> inclusive. I didn't know people were upset that there were too many of us. Garbage. It's hot, hot garbage, and I won't stand for it. A lot of, a lot of people confuse uh, me and Ashley. They say we have similar voices. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, first up, reminder, we have merch now, thanks to Jenny. Yeah, I'm wearing some. finally arrived. Snip, snip, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> some, yeah, where's my where's my shirt, Rachel? I don't know if any of you bought Buckkeep Radio shirts, but I did sell some, so. I did I did not, not buy any of that. I didn't. So. Those are real. Those, Those are sales. real sales. Oh my real. God, I actually Send us pictures when you get it. Yeah. We want to see you wearing your merch. Yes, it will take three months, but it will be yeah, worth it. Yeah, it's going to take a very long time. It took I think like it only two took months. two months. Yeah. <laughs> a little slow. I ordered it at the beginning of June and it came at the end of July. <laughs> if you order pins, those will come fast because that. Yeah, the not t- the t-shirts are slow. Everything else seems to come quickly. So yeah, pins and like I got I got one of the zippy bags and that came really fast. The sticker as well. came super fast. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we can all get together at some kind of convention in three years and stand <laughs> in a line and re- <laughs> recreate and our recreate banner. the art. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and maybe we'll be done with the books by then. <laughs> yeah, I hope we we'll see each other before that. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of stats uh, and our anniversary, I have some stats for you. So we have done 41 episodes. Uh, we have a, a little over 21,000 downloads and we have a 4.8 on iTunes. Pesky bad review. That one person that didn't like us uh, with. So with the exception of our first few episodes, which will always have more listens because people will start and then stop listening to us when they realize that they don't like us. Uh, we average around five to 600 listens per episode, which I think is not bad for a pod that is based entirely on word of mouth and has such a narrow interest as ours. Agreed. Um, I think that's wild. That yeah. seems crazy to me. Yeah, I would be uh, freaked out if I were talking in front of 500 people. That would be crazy. <laughs> wait, it's that, wait, it's that many? It's 500 consistent listeners? It's that's per episode for every week. We it's like between one thousand and fifteen hundred because people aren't on 
the latest episode all the time. Yeah. So I can tell that some <sighs> people are making their way through our back episodes. On the so we have day of our, day. the day that we release our episodes, we average about 200 listens on our publishing days. Yeah. Crazy. Holy shit. Hi, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> my, hello, my minions. <laughs> Uh, so in terms of listeners, we've picked up those listeners for the most part in two big chunks near the end of 2019 around the holidays and then at the start of COVID-19. And here I thought that lockdown and our posting day change would hurt our numbers, but it didn't. No. And starting live ship brought us a ton of new people. So I hope they stick around for Tawny Man. <laughs> That's what I'm really interested to see because we kind of knew that people were, were excited for us to get to the live ship trilogy. So I wonder if they're going to dip on out for Mr. Sad Sack. Like mm, me? <laughs> so, yeah, what, what, what is it about live ship besides Taylor Swift that everybody loves? Is it, the, <laughs> is it the snakes and ladders? Is it, the, is it that Costco guy? Like, what is it about live ship? Definitely it's not the Jamelian fashions, for sure. Pirates are cool. Pirates are cool. Look, they, they have paper, um, cool. amazing gowns wrought of feathers and lace. What's not to love? Yeah. <laughs> You might be on to some. There was definitely even in that chapter that I that I read, it was there was just like, wow, this is a lot of talking about costuming. I don't think I've ever read in literature before. Well, that and I think also there are more entry points to the story because there are multiple viewpoints, mm -hmm. and there are a lot of those viewpoints are women, which we don't have in the other. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, just just yeah. Fitz and Molly. Yeah, Molly is a POV. That would be amazing. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's just rewrite the books from her POV. Oh, like Stephanie Meyer. I, I don't know who said it, but I like the idea. I of had the sex shade. with a wolf man, AMA. Shade POV the whole time, the whole story from Shade's point of view. That's what it's we just need. Really love the wolf sex. Yeah. Whatever. He's he, I feel like Shade is one of those people who goes to like 16 different social events in a day. And he's like, oh. you know, like dipping in, like talking to this person at this party. And he's like, gotta go. I have to go over to this person's house and, you know, meeting with his dealers and doing tradesies. Ashley, are you reading ahead? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is totally. <laughs> well, even aside, even aside from that. So I've, I've only read the, the first book in the first trilogy, but, you know, we met Shade and he's like master of disguise. You don't, you don't figure out how to dress like this grumpy old woman and like literally have an established presence in the canon of the fucking like castle's aristocracy without like making the rounds to parties like he is he has established that identity and i just want to know how many other secret identities does he have yeah. that he doesn't like tell um fits about because they aren't relevant yet and so how and how much time does he have to spend like building those and like making the social rounds as like you know sir fluffernuts Lady and Parsley. you know whoever else sir like. all right so where are most of our listeners at least half are coming from spotify and itunes and they are in the u.s the uk australia and canada which makes sense because they're English-speaking countries and we're speaking English. But the rest of Europe is strong, and so is South America. So, hey, guys. And we have listeners everywhere people live. Just FYI, that's crazy. Like, there's a bunch of people in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Whoa. I think that, that this that's is cool. a testament to how popular Realm of the Elderlings is. And I'm really happy that um, they found us. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Saudi that's Arabia. Awesome. Hi, people. Uh, would anybody like to um, do an exchange? 
I mean, specifically in Saudi Arabia, would anybody like to move to New York and then we could just be there? <laughs> I wondered if you meant you people. Saudi Arabia? <laughs> uh, they actually have really good horse sports. How so are their COVID numbers? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. Are we ready to move on to our our questions, our cues? Sure. The prying questions. So I kind of broken this up into three different sections. So this first section is going to be, who are we? Clarifications, motivations, all that stuff. So um, a lot of times we get comments or questions about how we all met or who, who, like, who are we and why are we talking about Robin Hobb and what gives us the right? Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? We have no um, right. We took our right. Who the hell we claimed the right? <laughs> Everybody has the right. Robin Hobb it. blessed us with her right hand covered in ink blots and said, you go for <laughs> We were carved from wood. She doesn't remember we were, this, though. We were carved from wood, wizard wood. <laughs> I mean, she did bless my picture of Moby Dick. That's cosplay, true. So, you know. Oh, you're an official cosplayer. <laughs> Moby Dick cosplayer. She did comment on my Fitz cosplay. Yeah, and you made it onto the actual, like, like the blog, right? After Comic-Con last year? I made it onto, I think, what was it? The Del, the Ray? Del Ray Yeah, blog. and then she was like, and Fitz Chivalry cosplay, because that wasn't specifically mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> or whoever was running her account. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I think it's obvious that we are all friends in real life, and we've all met over the last decade or so, mostly through books and cosplay, or blood, as Ashley and I uh, can attest. And we live all over the U.S. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I feel like that covers it really well. Um I I have met most of you through knowing Rachel, and I met Rachel because we were paired up to write uh, together on a nerd site uh, where we talked about books and movies, and then we started talking, you know, more, and she's like, come to Dragon Con, and I was like, okay, and like, that was, that was sort of that, um, and that's where I met everyone else. <laughs> Dragon Con! Dragon Con! <laughs> Not depressed. The only dragons Rachel likes. What is a con exactly? I I can't remember. I don't remember anything before Mark. Joey, just because you just because you're too drunk to remember the con doesn't mean it doesn't happen. (laughs) He who does not remember. The the first rule of con is not get that joke. The first rule of con is that you're too drunk to remember a large majority of con. Uh, let's move on into this section. So, how long do retor- re- blah, blah, blah. how long do recordings take? Uh, which I think is really a way of asking how much do I cut from each episode? The last twenty minutes of our conversation. Yes, <laughs> usually I cut a lot from spoiler section. Um, we usually record I... like three hours, right? No, no. Well, I don't know about this. How long the spoiler goes, but it's. Like the actual recording's usually about an hour and a half. It's like yeah, two for hours the main so part. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we I moved, cut, we moved cut, like, it back minutes. half an hour when we started. So I guess we it start is at eight thirty. Yeah. Our, yeah. yeah. Um and we yeah, so I cut a good thirty, forty minutes from every episode. Um and that 40 minutes is just me. I've been in every live ship. <laughs> it was so inappropriate, Rachel. Just cut it all out. Except for Malta. Um, I was in a 
in a conversation on Instagram chat with one of our listeners and they I they asked that and I responded that and then they responded with release the shade cut. So <laughs> with our Patreon. Now you too can yeah, have the Patreon the is just cut. you releasing all of our uncut nonsense. I'll keep uncut. It's not, it, mm. Yeah. Um how do I keep track of who knows what? Um so I have a graph. <laughs> do you really? Really? Yeah. And it basically is just like everybody what book they've read up to and then I also have like random notes for what I think they might know but are pretending they don't know. <laughs> Where you thought that Ashley knew about the fool for a really long time and was just messing with us? Under my David, there's just a picture of an egg and a question mark. Um, but Joey, you don't know, you are an audiobook listener, so I, I pretty much think you're only getting about 30% of what you're reading anyway. <laughs> That's probably fair. But it's a very interesting 30%. Um, am I, so be honest, am I spoiling the new readers? No, I'm not. I'm really not. No, I haven't felt spoiled. Well, okay, so do you got any statistics for any, uh, the audiobook listeners out there? For what? For the for Bucky for people listening to Robin Hobb on audio, no, I want to know. I'm not. I'm not the publisher of the audiobooks, Joey. I don't know. Well, <laughs> there, you could have just. I'm just saying, you could have offended a lot of people right now. I like the audiobooks. I've been doing it since Liveship started. I like them. Um, Eli, aren't you? Isn't it supplemental though? Like, don't you like read and then listen? No, I was listening twice because it is hard to take <laughs> the information. That sounds like torture. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. I listen. I miss. To... A, you do miss a lot with the audiobook, but I like them. I listen. To Wait. Like... So, what are you? Oh, go ahead. Hmm? I was just gonna say, what what are you doing when you listen to audiobooks? I usually mowing grass because I have so much of it. Cutting the grass. Y'all, I did yard work yesterday. I cut my back lawn and did all of my edging in my backyard, and I burned 850 calories. Wow. Yard work sucks. It's garbage. (laughs) I don't have a yard. Bob helps. Just replace it with rocks and, like, bushes. (laughs) Damn ground A maze. Flowers. Sand. A hedge maze. (laughs) A corn maze. Um... Yeah, I don't. I really am trying not to spoil people, and I think also, uh, I think it's really obvious to to people who've read these books before. I will often just throw out red herrings that lead people down completely different areas. Yeah, I think I you think... do. I think you do a really good job of not spoiling because you do throw out a lot of like just plausible like could this be a thing? And I kind of I kind of chuckle to myself when you do that sometimes because I'm like. She's read these. <laughs> she, like, she knows these very thoroughly, and she's still just throwing out these random fucking things. Liar! <laughs> well, I, my approach is that I, I as a, I'm a rereader, and I know, but for leading the discussion, I only know of everything we've read up until right. that episode. So I can't. It would be very disingenuous of me to be to just kind of. If I ask certain questions, they're spoilers in themselves, you know? So, I don't, I don't, that's, that's my approach. I think it's working. I think you do a good job. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like discussions are facilitated. I've never felt, you know, led or spoiled in any particular direction, so. Um, 
the next part of the who are we section is basically like why Robin Hobb and I think I just I want all of you to talk about what your experience is with genre fiction um you know why did you agree to do this when I texted you to do it and um you know like what this project has kind of you know meant to you and also some other things to consider uh do we really hate Fitz <laughs> do we because I don't I, absolutely people think we not really hate him People I really think Fitz. we hate him. Um, okay, okay. I feel do... like I need to say something about Fitz since I'm sort of the Fitz guy now. Um, I think I just got um, a breakdown on what stan culture is, and I think that Fitz defines stan culture. For I think that you love to hate Fitz, and then you hate that you love Fitz. Are you a Fitz stan, Joey? Maybe. Wow. Why can't you? Do just I need to make you a yes. new shirt? Well, that's no, Jenny. I think you made it. I think Fitz sucks with a question mark. Is, and a heart is this, and a heart. Yeah, that's it. I think you, that's it. It was very poignant. Um. So yeah, do we really hate Fitz? I don't think we do. Yeah. But I don't hate Fitz. He nicer. frustrates the hell out yes, of me. But uh, that's like, exactly what I was going to say. A, I, I still want him to succeed, and I still like him and root for him. I just also want to smack him in the face sometimes. Well, that, that's what makes a character like that frustrating is the fact that you actually do like them and you care what happens to them. And then when they make, you know, decisions that you perceive as stupid or like self-defeating or, you know, whatever Unwise. else they might be. like Or Molly. <laughs> I, I also really like that we are constantly getting this flawed point of view that we know is not very observant. And we know that he is wrong often. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like you always have to be on guard. You always have to be thinking. You can't just... You, these are not books you can read with your brain off and just have the story be told to you. You, ca- you have to be involved. And I like that. Very fun. Uh, so, yeah. We, do we consider... Uh, let me just get through this list and then you guys can each kind of talk. Um, to get, do we really hate Fitz? Why Robin Hobb? Do we consider these books to be feminist works of, of fiction? Would we recommend these books to LGBTQ plus or like, you know, uh, black and people of color? Are they inclusive? Is this a JK Rowling situation? Like all the basic, all the, the Twitter discourse. Uh, this is that section maybe where we can address that in terms of like, why are we reading Realm of the Elderlings? So y'all go first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. I mean, in terms question. of the J.K. Rowling situation, are you referring to when she said Fitz was always brown? What did she say? Yes. Yes. The Robin, yeah, Robin Hobb. Yeah, I was Hobb. about to say, I was like, did J.K. say something about Robin Hobb? <laughs> <laughs> throwing shade. <laughs> no, no. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Dumbledore was always a woman. And I... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think like, is this, is this, uh, are these books that we would recommend towards like minority fantasy audiences and are they, is, is this a safe author or is at least at the time of uh, this discussion, is this an author that, you know, isn't going to hurt us? It could be gayer. It could be definitely gayer. I mean, (laughs) I think that's a, a major gap. I think the only thing that even puts it in the realm is of maybe having a character is the fool, but we just really don't know that much. We still, there's a lot of question marks beside the fool. And if it's like, 
if he's just so mythical or if they are actually fluid or like we just don't have enough information to really determine that right and we haven't read the tawny man yet so i don't want any emails about right <laughs> leading the yes. but yes. other than that there's really if we assumed that the fool is fluid then other than the fool there's not really any representation and certainly yeah. there were a couple places where at least some of the side cultures kind of got a little bit pearl clutchy at the suggestion of same-sex pairings so even if it's not like a thing for the point of view characters where they don't seem bothered by it you know the idea or anything some of the culture around it is kind of seems not okay with it people were very not happy about the idea of althea and amber being a thing yes Yes, exactly. Yeah, I forget about that. I always kind of in my head, I lump that into like, they just didn't like her because they didn't know who she was and she had this shop and all I'm that sure that stuff, was part but, of it, but... Yeah, definitely the other portion of that is them just having a relationship. Well, I would turn the question on its... I would turn the question on its head and I would say, well, what does the LGBTQ community think about it? Like, does it have... Does it have a strong fan base already? And and if so, is it because the fans are 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 determining that on their own right even if it robin hobb didn't intend it i think they always do I, that i think that yeah if you look at a lot of the fan art i mean like any of the official art he's like it's it's clear like the the, the point of view is that uh, that fits is white and but like if you look at any of the fan art it's like one very gay and also uh you know there's there's people of color everywhere um, yeah. So I mean, it's and th- th- I know that she does say that people are dark, but it's not. It's it's very ambiguous. And then you get like different descriptions of stuff of kinds of hair that makes it even more confusing. And it's you know, it's not. I don't believe that it was written very clear cut. No, it's not written in a way where I feel like it was trying to be representation. It's sort of like accidentally representation, sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah, ambiguously, and people can sort of take from it what they want to. But then, what do you think about, you know, Robin Hobb, aka Megan Lindholm, like going on the internet and telling people Fitz has always been brown? I don't know. <laughs> I'm inclined to believe her only because this shit in publishing has been pulled before with authors of color, but I've never seen it done with a white author where they'll put the mm-hmm. character, they'll illustrate the character who is written as a black or brown person as a white person so that white people will buy the books. Yeah, I mean, having um, ha- having enough knowledge of how sort of publishing norms and bottom line can affect um like that's that sort of thing like how a book is edited how it's marketed it it would be impossible to say from what's in the published text you know what was originally there and what her intent was um so maybe it was something she never thought about uh maybe it was something she consciously did think about and then was not you know kind of allowed to have blatant in the text it's i i don't i can't say i don't know enough about her personally you know, to know if I believe it or not. But From the ambiguous certainly... things she's said about, you know, the fool and that kind of subject, I feel like it wasn't 
like super purposeful in terms of a representation standpoint. At least that's the impression that mm-hmm. I get. I mean, this was also the the nineties as well. Yeah, I mean, especially like at the start. Like, I mean, maybe that changed later on, but I don't feel like when she wrote it, it was specifically like a representational kind of thing. Because I mean, that wasn't as much of a thing in that time period anyway. Yeah, it just it was not culturally on the radar. Um, it wasn't something you were doing to sell books, certainly. Well, yeah. that I know. I think what's really um, frustrating for me is that you know you have you have the author on on the internet, and like you know, in terms of like presence on the internet, Robin Hobbs' account, right? This alter ego is not really like. It's not, it's, it's not, this is not a Lin-Manuel situation. This is not like a, an author who has come up during the internet. So she's not, she's not like, I mean, she's on the internet, but she's not like talking to people every day, right? No, she's posting and, about farming and whatever. Right, which <laughs> you is, know, you know. Like her life, yeah. it's just fine. Right. It's a little weird. <laughs> I don't know why she bothers, but I think it's also because, like, Robin Hobb is, like, an alter ego. I don't know why she bothers either, because when we met her at New York, I was like, I really like your farm post. And she was like, oh, the farm's not doing so good. (laughs) Well, I think it's also just this case of, like, Robin Hobb is not a real person. It was a pen name that they brought up so that she could publish uh, books that were not within, like, you know, the kind of book that she was publishing under Megan Lindholm. And it suddenly became more popular and more successful (laughs) than the other pen name. And so now it's like, oh, but now I'm Robin Hobb, even though Robin Hobb's not a real person. But also all my social media is Robin Hobb. She has Megan Lindholm accounts, too. They, I think Instagram... On Instagram, she just made one this year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it she is has a little, become like, the pseudonym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a weird way that I think must be kind of... I wouldn't know how I would deal with that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think also just like what I was trying to say was that like she's on the internet at the same time being like, Fitz has always been brown. And then like you've got the illustrated edition coming out that the publisher's pushing very hard and that she's signing and that she's like, you know, she's praising the illustration and they they are beautiful illustrations. And I, I really like them and I've bought these books, Um, but he's not brown. He's not brown. Like he's barely even swarthy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Jesus white. So it's kind of like shadow a lot. So, you know, it's sort of, (laughs) (laughs) but all that to say, when we all read these books, like, when I read them without anybody else's opinions or influence or anything, like, I envisioned a brown person. So, it's like... It's because of her descriptors. Yeah, so it... it's I don't know. It just seems crazy that it was forced to being pitched as this white person when, like, very clearly, when you read it with your own brain, it is a brown person. See, I was just, like, my head was messed with by the covers because I'd seen those and because those aren't clearly a white person, I just sort of that's where my brain goes because I'm sure. a visual person. And so I never really thought about it that much until I was trying to draw him. And then I was like, wait, this is confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, so why Robin Hobb for me? Why did I like force all my friends and family <laughs> to do this? Um, <laughs> I think force is probably fair, even though I don't like that, but that's fine. <laughs> um, I, 
one, I've, I've always loved fantasy novels. Um, it's a genre that I have enjoyed since I was a child. And, uh, you know, I didn't find Robin Hobb until I was an adult. And so I didn't get to be like a mega fan and obsess over over Realm of the Elderlings the way that I probably would have had I started reading these books when they were coming out when I was in high school. Um, so I kind of wanted to like give myself a chance to do that. Um, and also just because like, you know, there are so many amazing women writing in fantasy and they are always overshadowed by male authors. Um, I was complaining the other day, you know, we've got Wheel of Time shows being made, The Witchers being made, we've got Game of Thrones and like, those are all great books, great series that I enjoy. But how come we don't have Realm of the Elderlings or like the J.B. Jones books or, you know, uh, Elizabeth Hayden or, you know, any of those people who are creating arguably bigger, better, vaster, grittier, more violent, you know, just more poetic stories. And I think Robin Hobb is a really great example of the best of the best. If they made the J.B. Jones books into a series, then maybe she'd get enough money to be able to live to write the books. I know, right? That would be also amazing that someone of her caliber would make fucking money on her books. Is she the um, author that's always like, God, I just can't. I gotta eat ramen again. Or like, yeah. Sucks. Just sucks. Yeah. Uh, read J.V. Jones, everybody. Cavern of Black Ice is book one. If you like Game of Thrones or Realm of the Elderlings, you're, you're set. Um, so yeah. Next section is how are we feeling? So, guys, what are your favorite characters so far? Your favorite scenes? Your favorite fights? Your favorite countries in the realm of the Elderlings? Your magic systems? Like, go for it. Night Eyes? Favorite? Oh, go. You go. You go first, Jenny. Night Eyes. That's it. Night Eyes. You know, he's just, he's the the sensible one. He, he was annoying when he was young, but once he got yes, out of his young he, annoying phase, then he once was... Once he grew, and, and then he was the smart one, and I just... You know, like, Fitz needs that in his life, because he's a disaster, and the fool is too cryptic for him to really get any kind of advice from, and so he needs someone who just, like, speaks sensibly, and I, I like that he has that. I, I like Night Eyes because I think a lot of times he he acts, it, it's almost like he's the reader. It's like mm-hmm. you're, you're yeah. seeing Fitz do stupid things and then he's able to interject like telepathically like, hey, this is stupid. It's like, <laughs> it's like he, he's your voice in that moment. <laughs> yes, I do like that as well. Um, if I was, I mean, of course I like Fitz. And if I was going to pick a live ship character, it probably would be Malta. Which is Malta. which is interesting because I wasn't so sure about her when we started, obviously. But <laughs> right. she she had the best growth journey, and I like that. You know, it, it's not like it came out of nowhere. Like she still had all of those manipulative skills, like at the beginning. It's just she was using them for like, you know, not great purposes and just to get herself, you know, nice things. But you know, it turned into a negotiating skill that actually helped her, you know, find agency and power in the world and I like that for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not part Jamaica. dragon, part wolf. That's part true. dragon, part wolf. Are, Who's part dragon, part wolf? Are elderlings like part dragon then? I'm still trying to figure <laughs> that out, guys. 
They are dragon they are friends. Dragon change. No dragons. Dragon friends. Capital dragon D. Capital F. Hyphen in the middle. Trademark. Fifty <laughs> percent concentrated power of will. <laughs> Save character. I'm gonna go off the path. Um, because this is what popped into my head first. Even though I love the fool. I love nine eyes. I love Fitz. Uh, I love Jack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> favorite character I think is Shade uh, for me <laughs> and I want to know what the fool sees when the fool sees Shade is like the fool see some kind of like catalysty stars around Shade as well I don't know I think he's a bit Just of a catalyst <laughs> drug vapors drug vapors they've <laughs> uh, seen I've set, mentioned this before and when Fitz is in the desert and he poisons all of those uh that's yeah. a good scene. Oh, uh, Boltzmann who come after him. My favorite scenes are still to come. Fights? Uh, the kerosene murder spree. <laughs> yeah. Definitely yes. best fight. <laughs> Countries? Do I have a favorite country? I don't know. Uh, Japan. Mountain Kingdom. What? Like, no question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hook me up with a nice treehouse. In the Mountain Kingdom. Yeah, those, uh, like, that's, that's colored tulip houses. They sound loud. They sound really amazing. Tree has to be tree house. Magic. The wit seems like 10,000 times better than the skill to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds, like, messy and, well, the, like, the risky. Meg, like, what are the side shit. effects of the wit? That we know of so far, uh, like, getting hung and chopped into bits and burned over water—that's the worst side effect. <laughs> yeah, that, of I mean that's a pretty major whip. side effect. It's <laughs> not, not a side effect of using the magic. That's just a consequence of people sucking and not liking the yeah, magic. Yeah, I, I was. But it's I'd not rather like be happy the with skill where you just like, like yeah, are incapacitated. For... Well, we know with the wit that you start physically, you start like walking like a bear. Swaying, you know, doing that slow little march with the booty wag. Like, yeah, I'm a bear. <laughs> I mean, from from what I saw with the wit, like, the problem is that most of the people who seem drawn to use it are utterly lacking in, like, emotional and psychological intimacy <laughs> with other people. That's the fucking problem. Like, that's why they that's start spending fits. too much time with their animal friend and becoming more Except like the animal. Can. Not because it, like, does well, that to you in and of itself. It's just a psychological effect of where do I have acceptance and belonging. Yeah. Like, it's a... Yeah. Well, you know, if, if animals accept you for what you are without judgment, without trying to change you... I don't know, man. Seems okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, misanthrope. Well, and there was, like, you know, they do still have partners in life. Like, there was the couple that he met when he found out that, like, other people have the wit and they had all this intelligence that he didn't yet have and he could learn from them. So it's like, that was a couple that both had the wit power. So they were still able to maintain a relationship with each other while also having their wit beasts. I don't know. Wait, were there wit beasts also in a relationship? No. no. It was a bear and a bird. <laughs> oh yeah, that would have been a weird... Could have. Platonic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me that the the idea that I think that the biggest problem with the wit for me is the people who exhibit the wit just don't have enough power in society. Like it's just a lot of 
Um, it's a lot of people who are just very simple, who don't have a lot of political power. You think it's the poor man's the, skill? It's the poor man's skill, at least at this point in the story. And I and I they don't seem to they don't seem to care about things outside of their like they they become more like the animal and they don't care about things. Well, because like they're that. treated like outcasts, so of course they're going to yeah, become I mean, if, more. If that magic was elevated and and revered in the society, then I it would be a different story. I'm sure. Yeah. And I think that, like, when we read Live Ship, we kind of realized that there are people out there who have skill magics who are not of the royal, you know, farseer line. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it doesn't, it also just doesn't seem as nearly as, to me, as populous as the wit. Yeah. So, you know, my, like, in terms of favorites, um, from the the live ship section only because you know that's mostly what I read. Um, I uh, and I and I will I will say this while I enjoyed like the first book I was not so compelled by it that like I immediately had to finish the rest of that trilogy and like catch up. So you know like that, that's that's why I just jumped in with live ship and why I'm kind of jumping out now that we're going back. Um, but. Rain in Malta was my favorite because I love a good sort of fairy tale, crazy sauce love story. And I thought that theirs was actually really well done um, in having all of those sort of high romance, um, you know, kind of desperate love moments, but then also being grounded enough that like you actually kind of believed like, yeah, these people, these two are actually probably pretty good together and they're not being completely crazy. Um and, you know, by the end of the story, it's like, yeah, they know each other pretty well and they know each other's relative strengths and weaknesses and they've both made mistakes and they've both grown and, like, they're they're going to make it. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> it's so, you know, I liked that. Romance. You're telling me you want romance. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm never going to say no to it. I think you should read The Tawny Man is all I'm saying. <laughs> um. <laughs> do, I need to, do I need to catch up with the others? <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a problem. <laughs> um, anybody else wanna talk about favorites? I wrote down as my favorites when you were, that brought up the question, I put shade um as well, but I also put kettle because I just like that old hag. She was great. <laughs> yeah, kettle's cool. <laughs> Sassy. Yes. Very old hag. I also like Kettlerkin. Yeah. yeah. I like anyone I can easily imagine as a centaur, so that obviously includes Paragon. Also, Jack <laughs> um, fits only sometimes, so we'll see how that evolves. I don't know if it's how very curly of you. Very curly of you. The chest hair just kind of merges down into a horse body. That's exactly the shit. <laughs> I feel like you'd have a wolf body, though. Only horses. Only horses. (laughs) I don't know what it's called if it's half wolf, half human centaur. Distasteful. A werewolf? No, because that's a wolf man. That's like too much wolf, not enough man. A reverse reverse centaur? Oh. Horse head, person body. <laughs> That's just Bojack Horseman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. My fave. I, my faves are Fitz and the Fool. I'm sorry. I'm basic. 
I just wish I no knew more of the fool's secrets. Like, the fool's definitely up there for me. I just need to know more. I don't like. I think that I could totally hang out with and be friends with Fitz and we could like sit in the bar together or just like on the porch or whatever. I think that the fool would not be my friend and I would be like desperate for the fool to be my friend. (laughs) And I would never like impress him. But the fool is a maker and you're very skilled and I feel like you guys would have that in common. You could... well, in terms of the fool being attracted to catalysts, I mean, you were like, I feel like I've forced everybody. Like, yeah, that's kind of a good word for this. And I, I would actually disagree unless you're talking about simply by force of will that you're like, hey, I'm doing this thing and, like, I really want you to be part of it and I'm inviting you and, like, I'm going to make this happen because I and – that, and that's, like, your energy is you make shit happen. And that's, you know mm, – some you. And like, the fool could commission yeah. you to make Jermaine enhance for people. That's it. I can make all kinds of things. Whatever that is supposed to be. We're gonna have that discussion when it comes up. But in be a whole We're section. Draw. So it'd be a whole. Everyone submit their drawings. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so speaking of that, we didn't mean to start a quarantine book club, but we did. Um, so, are there any thoughts about genre fiction or Realm of the Elderlings in particular as an escape during quarantine? Is it not an escape? Is it more difficult to read? Um, are these books helping or hurting you? I'm a. There the were parts of these books me. that felt too fucking real about like some of the politics and like maneuvers that have yeah. that have been going on at this Agreed. time. But um, I mean, maybe it's also like, hey, that's a sign of a good book <laughs> yeah topical relevant yeah yeah accidentally predictive <laughs> i think the podcast is good for me because it makes me actually finish a book because that seems to be a struggle of mine lately <laughs> oh i've been consuming at a rapid pace these days but i've started a lot of books <laughs> I've been reading a lot of webtoons. That seems to be my my speed right now. This is most of my human interaction, so I I guess that's pretty good. <laughs> I did read both old guard comics, so I suppose that means I finished something. But that's about all I can handle. I couldn't read anything while we were reading Live Ship, but the second we finished, I've just unhinged my jaw and been devouring books. Same. Yeah. YA, nice, tidy. Yeah, sure. I did sure. read one YA short, book. Yeah. That's true. You can basically tell what I'm watching or reading by what I draw. <laughs> so I did draw something from a YA fantasy romance. And I've gone back to my comfort reading of a, you know, complex trauma and um, somatic healing methods because apparently, like, I've completely flipped and <laughs> that's what's comfort reading to me now. Instead so of, like, things the with, like, these <laughs> emotions and drama and mistakes. It's like, no, no, let me just go back to reading reading about how you fix that shit. <laughs> uh, just, an- so a second part of this question, when the- besides, like, is the- are these books hurt- helping or hurting during quarantine, was- is how has the pod made you feel differently about the books and your relationships with the stories? I think that might be connected. I think the podcast makes me like the books more than I think I would otherwise, at least with the Farseer trilogy, I can say that because Fitz lives in such a dark place so much of the time that I don't know that that's something that I would normally be able to power through. Um, 
Mm. And, you know, just reading that screenshot that you sent that said it was the opening of the next <laughs> the first book. paragraph of You're the like, book? I'm going to read this. And the I was like, paragraph. no, that sounds horrible. That's awful. And then you're like, this is the first paragraph of the next book. And I'm like, I am fucked, y'all. Like, this, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> so it, I read seven chapters and the last half was much better than the first Yeah. Half. So in that regard, um, yeah, I think the podcast has made it more enjoyable for sure. I would say for me, I think I, I definitely am thinking about them a lot more critically than I'm, I might otherwise have. Um, I mean, I'm definitely, definitely in terms of like sort of a, a feminist lens on a fantasy series. Cause I know we hit that really hard with live ship and um, that's something that either past me might have not focused on so much or like not stop to really critically examine um but if we're gonna have to talk about it um then like let's let's full-on talk about it and think it through so mm-hmm. Alyssa you were talking oh the podcast made me like live ship less I used to love live ship <laughs> I was gonna say were you were like a big fan of live ship yeah and oh my god know, did we now, ruin it I'm so sorry I, I still have the rings gold <sighs> The only unproblematic character. <laughs> well, I think I think also like let's let's address that then because I was it's actually so I, I'm a big romance reader and I was listening to the Faded Mates podcast and their latest episode is just like an interview that they did about like the genre of romance and what they were talking about was like what does that genre do like what is its purpose and I kind of started thinking oh, what is the purpose of these epic. Um, it's not Tolkien style, it's not high fantasy, but it's like a an, this American, you know, epic fantasy that's like grittier. You know, we got the Game of Thrones, this, you know, part of it and maybe Wheel of Time. And I'm like, well, what is its purpose? What does it do? Is it escapist? Is it meant to help us like look at our current political uh, ideas and the way our society is? And I think all fiction does that. Uh, but like what does genre fiction do and i think it helps us i think it helps us take all of the things that make up our society and and kind of turn that dial to 11 and then see what happens and i think in terms of live ship what hob was doing with all these female characters and making them go through all of these things that all women go through in our society where they are dismissed and belittled and you know often victims of sexual assault of many different kinds uh most Mm -hmm. of which are shrugged off and said that's not so bad right it's only this kind that i don't like um i think she was making a, a a very specific and very strong statement i think we decided that it was a little too much for us um but i don't i don't want to i don't i hate to think that we put you off of these books that used to be your favorite um i am a little nervous for the great wilds quartet but i don't think it's half as bad as this if my memory serves but it is different when we're analyzing it chapter by chapter than just breezing through it like a book right right i you know my 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 approach to all books, but in spe- you know, specific to this podcast is like, you know, I'm not going to look at this. St- I'm not going to look at the text as if it is true. I'm not going to look at the text as if it is un, uh, uncritiquable. Uh, it is, uh, it is not a real history, right? I am, the author is trying to make me feel things mm-hmm. and whether like, how do I feel those things? 
do I want to feel those things? Was the author successful? Did she make me feel those things? How do I feel after? That's kind of my lens. Um, and I don't think, I don't think that she shouldn't have done what she did with live ship. It's just that I feel, and I think some of our other readers feel that it was, uh, too much for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so. a personal thing for me where it just wasn't my cup of tea, but I think Elena has a point or, um, sorry, Alyssa has a point too of like, if I was reading this without the podcast, I would have like powered through, I would have skipped over it. And like, because we're doing the podcast, we have to dwell much longer on these topics because obviously we're talking about them. And so you're just kind of like pushed that much more into that negative space or what was the negative space for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, otherwise you can just kind of be like, look at it as a whole of the trilogy and these epic stories instead of, you know, it also didn't help that it happened towards the end of the trilogy. And then it's like, the, so kind of the last taste in that. your mouth. Yeah, it's kind of like, eh. Because, I mean, I, I, when I got to that chapter, like, I just read the rest of it, and so I was done with it, but then we had to, like, go back and, and talk about it in depth for, like, the next three weeks, and I was like, this is a little bit torture. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah, was very I mean, happy to be done. Right, and yeah. obviously Hobb didn't write it thinking that people were going to be meeting in a book club style yeah. and talking about the after effects. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, my my kind of personal take on it is that, you know, she wanted the reader to be, like, a little upset and disturbed by it. I, I You know, you don't write it the way that it was written without that, like, intention, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But, I don't know, at, at the same time, like, I have not needed to drink anything off the entirety of quarantine except, like, our discussion of Chapter 26. Like, I went home that night and I had several drinks and I'm... That's not a coping mechanism I choose to use very much. And I, I mean, like I said, fucking quarantine. That was the one time I've needed it. So she did a really great job. <laughs> and then, you know, analyzing it to death from there was also really difficult. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, I think I, I think what I, I said in text to the group last night was like, hey, you know, this might be the worst books in the world to be reading when <laughs> you are stuck in quarantine and like teetering around some some pretty depressive thoughts. But I mm-hmm. also am very grateful for the pod in general because I get to socialize and talk about some of my favorite books with my favorite people. So thank you for doing this yeah. with me. I know that I'm Thanks. same. My pleasure. Thank you for facilitating and inviting us, yeah. creating this space where we can like come together and talk about like shared passions. All right, that brings us to fun stuff. Um, what are you reading right now? <laughs> trash, and complete. And what books trash. would you recommend? And what and what books would you recommend to people who enjoy Realm of the Elderlings who would like other books to read? Um. I don't really have any recommendations in regards to Realm of the Elderling because I don't really read a lot of fantasy. So this is a little bit of a new-ish territory for me. But if you want to know what trash I'm reading. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I uh, love trash television and I watch all of The Real Housewives. And I listen to an excellent podcast called Bitch Sesh. Uh, that recaps those and other Bravo shows. And they had a guest on one of their episodes that wants to do like celebrity trash book reviews. And um, one of the ones that she is going to start off with is Jessica Simpson's like memoir autobiography or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) There are actually a lot more parts in it. Um, 
that I could identify with and kind of like got some good like tidbits from. But otherwise, it is just, it's like reading an Us Weekly magazine from start to finish. And let me tell you (laughs) that I started reading it at like 7 p.m. And I was still reading it at like 4 a.m. Because I was just eating that trash up. It's delicious. I loved it. (laughs) Did you watch Selling Sunset? Yes. I did. I've seen it. I did because I watch reality television and I also work for a real estate software company. So it's like my two (laughs) things meshed together. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and you know, there's some real bitches on that show, but... (laughs) (laughs) People who don't even live on this plane. It's amazing. Uh, All right, who's next? Well, I, I'll go. Um, I'm theoretically uh, trying to reread The Lies of Locke Lamora, but I know that that's absolutely going to get jumped the second I've got Harrow the Ninth in my hands. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, I don't know. I, I I think if you, like, The the Lies of Locke Lamora is, is one of my favorite sort of sword and sorcery style fantasy um, books. It I think it, in, in terms of scope, it's it ends up being more like maybe the Fitz books where like some of what's happening does have like bigger political impacts, but like maybe not a lot really. It's about the characters and their lives. Um, but it's a pretty good, you know, uh, sword, sword and sorcery, uh, caper. And I don't know. I've always enjoyed it. I'm enjoying slowly rereading it. We can talk about all the books that I've started and haven't finished. (laughs) <laughs> let's see uh i started the poppy war i got halfway through that and then i got derailed by live ship uh i need to go back to that um that was interesting um and let's see i did read that one YA fantasy romance thing um it's called a fire and stars i need to read the second one um i read three chapters of brave new world because i watched the uh tv show <laughs> And I decided last night to start trying to finish reading the second Mistborn trilogy. Oh, no. <laughs> trying to finish that because I got, like, halfway through the second book and I never finished it. So I'm, I'm trying to maybe go back to that. So I just start a lot of things and don't finish them, which is why the podcast <laughs> is great. I need someone to I be like, you will read five chapters a week of this. And, <laughs> and be accountable. Yes. And be accountable, yeah. Joey, what are you reading? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be listening to um, Harrow the Ninth also. Um, so I'm gonna be uh, I need to re-listen to Gideon the Ninth again, um, just as a refresher. And um, I've been listening to How to Be an Anti-Racist by um, I'm gonna mispronounce his name, but it's um, I believe it's Ibram X Kendi. Um, and I'm given to understand, I'm not, I haven't been able to confirm this. I believe he's an, uh, a young adult author because my friend who's an English teacher, a uh, high school English teacher said that he was, he was, uh, reading, uh, how to be anti-racist by this, uh, this book. Um, and, uh, he said that he felt like it, that it was something that he could be able to kind of understand better because of the, 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 the fact that he's a young adult author. And it does seem like that because he, um, the way that he kind of talks about, uh, race relations, um, as, as a person of color is, it, it does feel very accessible. And I just got through the chapter definitions, which is sort of like, 
discussing sort of like just just definitions about kind of like um race relations so uh yeah i i i recommend it i haven't made it too far through that one but i'm sure i'm not the only one who's also um gonna be uh listening to or reading harrow the ninth i'm reading i just started gideon i'm like four chapters in so i'm like the gideon the ninth like evangelist (laughs) (laughs) yeah we have a we have a plug because we've met the editor um <laughs> to those books at our at our tour connection nice. yeah super super great um eli Alyssa, go oh well i'm just playing horizon zero dawn so i don't, don't have anything to share <laughs> books are for nerds <laughs> I just... games are kind of like books right <laughs> yeah. it's a good story <laughs> yeah, it's horizon good zero dawn uh, Joey's been playing Ghost of Tsushima. How is it? Oh, I just want sushi. Uh, pretty damn good. Cool. Uh, it's like playing a Kira Kurosawa film. Ooh. Cool. We watched a couple of those recently. Yeah. Yeah, hit it. It's uh, it's good. And long. <laughs> it's been a lot of a lot of that. <laughs> no judgment. Rachel loves it. <laughs> a lot of great costumes, though, right, Rachel? That are, that that uh, we probably can't do. Nope. <laughs> I always love more cosplays that I can't finish. I can't wait. <laughs> I think it, actually I was saying this to Joey earlier. It might be the first video game he's ever played that like doesn't have a single white person in it. Uh, oh, which cool! Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good yeah. rec. I'll buy it right now. Oh, well, yep. He's buying it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Zero. Ghosts of Tsushima. Zero white people. (laughs) Lots of Mongolians. Ooh. Alyssa, what are you reading? I just finished reading a book called Sisters of Sword and Song by Rebecca Ross. And it's a YA fantasy that is basically takes place in ancient Greece. I loved cool. it. It was good. Wrote it down. I enjoy YA books. August fourteenth yeah. through August twenty-one. Man, shipping sucks. Is, is it better than Percy Jackson? I've never read Percy Jackson, but I, I finished them. Yeah. Rachel has. I know. So guess what I'm rereading right now. I tend toward books with female protagonists, and it is about sisters of sword and song. So. <laughs> bitches can sing, bitches can fight. It's true. Oh, despite the fact that I have read a shit ton of books recently, I'll forever go down as the girl who read Jessica Simpson's book. It's fine. <gasps> <laughs> Better than the guy who doesn't read. <laughs> or the one who doesn't finish books. <laughs> How can you not finish a book? That blows my mind. I just don't finish them. <laughs> I don't know. Like, It'd have to be really bad. I get distracted. I get distracted by other things, and then I just put it down, and I don't go back. To me, that's a sign that you're not really compelled by a book. Like if if I I can potentially, if I walk away and don't come back, like eh, I wasn't. I mean, I no, I I definitely read books that I didn't enjoy. I just always finish because I I guess in my head I'm always like, well, maybe something cool will happen. Maybe it'll get better. Unless the, I, there's something that I find truly offensive, in which case, yes, I have put down a book before. 
it's not so much that I'm not interested in it. I mean, there's certainly books that I read where I'm like, I must read all of this immediately. But, you know, it's it's just, I just get easily distracted. Like, I'll just start watching a TV show and then I'll be watching that and not reading. Or, you know, I'll be drawing instead of reading. Or, I'll, you know, I'll just be doing other things than reading. It's not even like... I don't finish the book. It's just like, I just stop reading things. Forget the book exists. <laughs> it's like, no. I just stop reading anything. Yeah, to be to be fair, like, other than Live Ship, I haven't read, and well, Live Ship and personal growth stuff, I haven't read any fiction but Locke, and I started that in fucking January, and I'm, like, not finished. <laughs> well, it took me, like, two years to read that last Sanderson book, so... <laughs> yeah. The next one's coming out in November. That's how, like, I, I always make it. myself read a nonfiction book while I'm reading fiction. It's just, like, a rule that I have. And it takes me so long to finish nonfiction books. Um, so I can definitely, like, I'm reading White Fragility now. And it's, I've been reading it in just, like, small chunks over a few months now. Just because I, I don't, I, you know, there isn't... <laughs> I can't just like check into it like I and check out of life like I do with a fiction book. It's like I feel like I I'm in school and I need to pay attention and I'm really trying to like absorb it and I reread a lot more and that kind of stuff. So that's in the same category and probably on the same book list as 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 how to be anti-racist yeah. and and it's it's intense. I mean, you can't just like pick it up and casually wash the dishes. Um, audiobook listener, <laughs> sorry, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Casually wash the di- wash dishes with the book in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoops, okay. can't finish it now. <laughs> so I can't speak for Jenny, but as a visual artist, I listen to a lot of a lot of audiobooks. But ironically, I get most of my listening in on like chore doing. But I I I kind of wonder if like I might be so I might kind of have adult ADHD or something undiagnosed just because it's really hard for me to sit there and read a book, but. I see um, audiobooks I can't pay attention to. Yeah. I have a very hard yeah. time like I'm a visual person retaining any information yeah. if I'm not like physically looking at it. I just zone out and hmm. you know I I can do TV shows and sort of listen and do other things because I can occasionally look up and like watch it. But just listening to stuff I have a really hard time. I mean like podcasts I can sort of do cuz it's not a story, so if I miss a little bit, you know, it's fine. But, yeah, I don't know. I really struggle with audiobooks. And I wish I mm-hmm. could listen to them more because it would be incredibly useful. Yeah, and you could hear sweet songs like, Tintaglia, Tintaglia. I want a, a keychain of a dragon that has, like, a button, and when you press it, it's Eli going, <laughs> Wait, Eli sang a song? Yes. Yeah. <gasps> what? Our next merch opportunity. Yeah. Patreon, $50. That's a page, it's a Patreon. <laughs> that will be your highest fucking tier, let me tell you. <laughs> Get me to sing anything? Eli will send you a personal recording of him singing dragon songs. I mean, they know what they're signing up for. It's fine. It doesn't have to sound like a professionally recorded top 40. I mean, shit, maybe we should just get a whole album together. I I, I might remember how to play guitar. I am taking piano lessons. I'm really good on the kazoo. <laughs> Sometimes you just need All a kazoo. All I have to offer is Pies of the Crossing from the podcast. 
Yeah. I can whisper. <laughs> night eyes. Night eyes. Go, 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 uh, go, go, all right, go, I gotta go. stop this section or we'll never get done. Um, I was going to wreck for people who liked Realm of the Elderlings, read the J.V. Jones uh, Cavern of Black Eyes. This book one, they're excellent. You will not, you will not uh, regret it. it. Um, is it V as in Victor or B as in boy? J.V. J as in John or yeah, Joey. Yeah, I got the J part. V as in Victor. Jones as in I just asked about Jones. the one letter. I asked about one letter and I was very clear what I was asking. You didn't have to break it all down. Did I write these books? <laughs> yes. Maybe. Um, Joey Victory, is that your name? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I also echo the sentiment uh, read Harrow the Ninth if you haven't read Harrow or if you haven't read Gideon the Ninth, read that first. Um, and then I also am always reading something romance. I just read the latest Sarah McLean Bare Knuckle Bastards book, and uh, it was really good because, you know, I enjoy redemption stories. So, uh, what's up next is listener mail and comments. So, let's see what I got. Uh, oh, uh, people have always asked us, do you have a Patreon? How do I send you money? I, we don't have a Patreon, and we're thinking about it, but we're just really not sure if we... You just send us money anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just send us... We just set up a PayPal. Venmo a like, money. And... And ne- the next level of time commitment, I think, is probably, to me, is the biggest concern. Um, but Yes. And live audiences. We won't. Yeah. We will not have live audience. I don't have anything else to offer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, just cut locks of my I hair have... and mail them to people. I have a lot to give. It's fine. <laughs> oh Me too. No. no roots, though. That Parker <laughs> hair is strong too. You could probably like make bridges. Do you out need of to it. fix a rope that sprang? Let me send you a lock of my hair. <laughs> <laughs> So the first question I have is from the email from Anne, who asks if we have any uh, if we have any thoughts about the parallels between Fitz and Jon Snow, who are both wargs, both card carrying um, members of Sad Sex Anonymous. Rachel and uh, Jenny will be starting a new podcast <laughs> called Fitz versus Jon. <laughs> you know, we've just, done this. We should <laughs> we should recommend the episode of the podcast where we talked about Robin Hobb because we did do a section at the end where we sort of were. You also did a piebald cast. That, that's yes. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Piebald cast. Yeah. Um, but yes, I I just want a conversation between Fitz and John where they just talk about whose life is worse and I mean Fitz would win but I didn't I didn't mention this before but I met Jenny and Rachel through their previous podcast the Pie Cast which is Game That's of Thrones because you bought my shirt yeah <laughs> yeah so buy our merch and you could become our best friend <laughs> buy our merch buy our you merch. too be my friend relentlessly we'll follow strangers. you from states away <laughs> Those pictures of yourself force, in said shirts playing Force yourself upon other people and their friendship, and then you too can become friends. Hey, With international superstars. <laughs> I think that's how friendship works. 
I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, that sort of is how friendship yeah. works. Is like you're like, oh wait, hey, I'm weird, and then somebody's like, I vibe you're weird, and then you're like, well, show me you're weird, and they're like, I am, and I'm like, I vibe it too, and then like you're friends, like that, like it. You wouldn't be here if you didn't fit, bra, is what I'm and saying. once again, my <laughs> friendship can be bought by PayPal. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to Fitz and Jon Snow. Yes, they're both wargs. Um, I think specifically Anne wanted us to talk about uh, what they were like after they were sort of... Dead. Spoilers for Game of Thrones. <laughs> b- murdered and then stuck inside their wolf. Uh, Which, I mean, I hope is a thing that would happen should the book ever actually be written. Um, that he would <laughs> go inside Ghost for a bit and then, you know, sort of get put back into his body. I don't feel like it will be as traumatic as Fitz's experience. It also won't yeah, be I think written. That Fitz is just <laughs> much more emotionally affected by what happened because I think unlike John. Fitz wanted to be a wolf forever and didn't want to come back because his life was so terrible. Well, I um, think, you know, when... Well, I mean, I guess in the in Game of Thrones, I mean, you do have... Uh, Song of Ice and Fire. You do have, like, Bran, who spends a lot of time in his wolf because he is disabled and mm-hmm. he does kind of often want to stay in his wolf. Mm-hmm. But, like, John doesn't have those same experiences and, you know, hasn't done a lot of warging in his, you know, time with ghosts. No, and I can't wait to see him try to, like, convince armies to do stuff. As a wolf. As a wolf. Like. <laughs> um, but, so I, I... It also sucks that we I haven't don't think seen he'll... that yet in the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't think he'll be as affected by... I just, I don't think... I mean, I, th- I mean his death was traumatic, because obviously he was, you know, betrayed by his men, but it wasn't... It was quick. It wasn't like, you know, hours and days of, like torture and then like a slow Starvation. slipping away into your wolf and then getting buried alive. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a lot of traumatic shit. And I don't think John has to deal with that kind of. Unless thing. Ghost starts eating him, I just don't think that there's any way it could be more. <laughs> no, more no, I don't think so either. But, um. um also, Ghost can't talk. That's so the other thing. Like, gonna... Ghost doesn't have the same sort of personality traits that Night Eyes does. They're not going to be sharing as much as Fitz and Night Eyes do. Ghost is a See, I think, I think Fitz. I think Fitz is what happens if you take John, uh, John Snow and you give him the Theon treatment. That's that's a fair assessment. Fits fits. It rhymes with pits. (laughs) I you know I think that there. I mean, there's there's other characters. There's other wargs. I mean, fantasy is riddled with wargs. Uh, Perrin, Ibarra in Wheel of Time, also, um, and there's some other characters in Wheel of Time that are I won't say because I guess there's a show coming up and I don't want to be accused of spoiling. But (laughs) you know. Warging is kind of like a trope in fantasy, so there's always that character that can that can become a wolf, and I think in romance it's an even uh, even like more widespread trope because you know we, there's I mean God there's thousands of books about wolf men. Um, <laughs> is that the book that they Molly's reading? Who's the uh, yeah the totally she's warg <laughs> who had the like panther that burned to death and he kind of went insane for a bit oh yeah well i think that's what i was trying to say is that like the warging is often used as like a proxy for um therapy 
in a way where it's like you have people who are going through these literal physical transformations and uh, you know whether their body is changing or their psyche is moving from one body to the next that they're using that as like the that's the moment of their pain and that's how they work through it and how they decide what they're going to do afterwards so yeah i think i mean i think the wit bond with fits is probably one of the more interesting working type Mm -hmm. of relationships to me it's because it's because Night Eyes is a whole character on his own and, like, has thoughts and personality in ways that, you know, for example, like, the Dire Wolves don't. I mean, like, they have some personality, but they're not, like, really characters in their own right. Yeah. Um, Anne also wanted us to talk about something that I had to redact for the group, but the general gist of this is that do we think that the relationship between Burrich and Chivalry <laughs> was ever romantic? Uh, I don't think so. I don't so. think so. I think that they had a deep affection for one another, but I don't necessarily think that means it was romantic. I would have loved it if it was. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah. full support if it was. <laughs> I mean, sure, if you want it. I think that it's. I think that's one of those things where it's like we should be willing to accept that two men can have a deeply affectionate relationship that is not romantic. Mm-hmm. Sam I and think, Frodo. I think there's also this idea that, like, well, the Sam and I think that is the Sam and Frodo trope, right? Because it can be very. It's it's canonically not romantic, but then also kind of like, come on. Um, <laughs> The whole but, you know, the whole Kingsman Birch... thing is very intimate. Just right. Yeah. There's the Kingsman thing, and then the, he was given um, the earring, mm-hmm. the, his freedom yeah. earring. That kind of gift of jewelry is little, is pretty interesting. I don't know. I think I've n- I never <laughs> actually thought about it, but if if jewelry no. is given, <laughs> you can assume much. Yeah. If you have sex, you're married. If jewelry is given, you're in a relationship. <laughs> These are just how things work. In the Robin yeah. Hobb universe. Right? I mean, things escalate quickly. <laughs> Does that mean that Paragon and Amber are in a relationship? Absolutely. Uh, who was it? Sorry. Where did the question about Cottagecore come in? Where was that? Uh, let me. <laughs> that thing I don't understand, but I'm now getting recommendations on YouTube for videos that explain it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, sorry. I didn't. I thought it was one of these emails that I starred, but it is not. Was it part? Did it emerge from the Taylor Swift conversation? Oh, here it is. Here it is. This is from Kate. Shut up. Oh, don't be so mean. (laughs) Why not? Let us know how you feel about T Swift. (laughs) I think it's her. Her almost dinner time. So uh, I. Saw the request for your Instagram stories, blah, 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 blah. Oh, um, so one, thank you, Kate, for acknowledging that I do have a very good Bucky Radio Spotify playlist that you can find. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> it's good. And it's not just the one playlist, it's many playlists. So thank you for acknowledging that. And think uh, Alyssa and I are working on a Tawny Man one. We sure are. So we'll the link for that. So related to the playlist, Kate wanted to know if we thought that the new T-Swift album uh, song, My Tears Ricochet, uh, is a fool song, and I don't know, I don't listen to T-Swift, so who listens to Me. T-Swift? Alyssa. Okay, what, is it? Is it a fool song? Is it a fool's fate? 
song. Uh, it is absolutely a Tawny Man trilogy song. Okay. Attitude I playlist. listened to it and I was like, okay, like I'm not, I don't see the tie, but all right. So maybe I'm just not there yet. Yeah. You're not there yet. You're just not there yet. Okay. Um, all right, cool. Uh, next question is from Dylan. What do you think about Robin Hobb's tendency to have really young women marry inappropriately <laughs> older men? Um, I was thinking about Malta and Rain, but then I actually started thinking about it. And yeah, that's happening a lot. Um, I mean, what's the age gap on Molly, Molly and Burridge? Yeah. Molly and Burridge. At a I mean, I guess by the time I mean, Molly and Burridge be... got together, she was of age, though, because she's older than Fitz. By two years, yeah, he's right? twenty at the end of the book, so she. But Birch is old too. enough to be Fitz's dad, so it's. So well, like but Kevin was like eighteen, though, when they started developing their relationship. I don't know. I don't. That one. It's so. That one. It's hard because the timelines on these things are really fucking hard to track. And she wasn't particularly she was, close um, with Birch until she was older. I think she was probably eighteen or nineteen before. No, she was already pregnant. So she had to have been like twenty by at least by the time they would have been yeah, or nineteen or twenty or something. You know how long Fitz was wandering the mountains. <laughs> He's a wolf. He doesn't know. He doesn't have <laughs> use for clocks. Robin Hobb, if you would like to do any more Twitter clarifications, please give us a timeline of Fitz's ages. <laughs> Throughout the series, thank you. Well, we do get, at least at the beginning of uh, Fool's Errand, he, he states his age. Yes, because he's 75. we know how old <laughs> other characters are in relation to his age, so we can kind of backtrack from there. Um, I don't, you know what, I don't know. I think that, one, it's a trope to have, like, young, innocent women and, like, sad... <laughs> middle-aged men. men. Yeah, middle-aged men who need, like, that, like, I don't know... I mean, I don't think the Rain one is as bad. I mean, he was only 20. And he was a young 20. Yeah. So I, I'm yeah, not the, as bothered by that The age gaps don't bother me as much for people who are of, of age versus people who are, like, very, very young. Like, some of these characters are 14, 15 years old and, like, agreeing to get married. Uh, we're going to see it in the Tawny Man. The... If that's that that bothers me more, just like people getting into like lifelong relationships when they're, you know, barely post pubescent. I mean, I uh, guess you can claim it's the you know pseudo medieval culture, but it's fantasy, so you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are people who are in relationships that are both of age or that are older or that are finding love at, like, later ages. So I think that the, it, there's just many examples and many different kind of age pairings happening in the books. Uh, why there are so many of the very young lady and the older man, I I really don't know. Didn't we relate that back to her age gap? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I guess you, you could postulate that that is why she's okay with it, yeah. But, it, I mean, it could also be a generational thing. I think um, uh, in previous, you know, points in, um, like, previous generations, it was m more common for there to be, like, a, you know, 
six, eight, ten year age gap. And depending on how that kind of got passed down a specific family lineage, you know, that might actually still be the norm um, for the someone of our parents generation, basically, um, in her family and what she saw and what, you know, she was encouraged on um, what her community did, depending on how insular it was. So, you know, it's, I think a lot more i think it's a lot less common nowadays uh with people of our generation um but you know this may just also be in part due to um you know her being a, an author of a certain age and having a direct line into what culture was basically in the 1940s yeah. um yeah. so um all right last last set of questions for this uh supplementary episode question 1 uh, from Allison who do we all think is the funniest person on the podcast? Huh? Me, does. <laughs> I think Alyssa's See, recap. Laugh. Alyssa's recaps are Alyssa's pretty, pretty funny. Like, those fucking get me. I look forward to those. Uh, me too. No pressure. Yes. Um, I do also enjoy Joey's yes, recaps. Joey. Are... I haven't heard fun in chaotic. So long. I mean, I know he did the one on Malta most recently, but. I enjoyed yeah. the spelling mistakes. <laughs> yes, the the chaotic approach is good. Is funny, and and Ashley, I think you're very funny as well. Um, yeah, yeah, you're all funny. All of my friends are very witty, and I think that the general high wittiness factor contributed to who I invited to be on the pod. So, take that, people not on the we? pod. You're not funny. That's right. You're not funny. <laughs> just like sarcasm and then uh the the i guess the best or worst question ever uh question two from allison if you all had to fight to the death against each other who would win <laughs> again not me oh man <laughs> well so eli is formally trained in self-protection <laughs> yeah. True. yeah once upon a con he flipped me <laughs> yeah, yeah that was that was he pretty solid uh, elena lives in texas and you know may or may not have a lot of experience on a I, gun range. I have asthma and I'm very nearsighted. I'm going down in the first round. So Eli's <laughs> going to destroy us all. Yeah, I have like no strength whatsoever, so. Can we get him drunk first? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna uh, say Eli's got Eli's got a weakness there though. Just you just put an op- put an open bottle yeah. in a glass and he put some whiskey. So all you have to do is put survive a, a long enough. Yeah. And a, a bottle of cranberry juice and he'll get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm egg. never gonna live that down. No, sir, you will not. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Eli would ever go for a kill shot though. You don't. Yeah, no. Eli, you do have like a wholesome like. You don't have a, you. There's like no, I at least I haven't seen his the rage, rage level hasn't been so. activated yet. Yeah, but everybody has one. Yeah. yeah, he does seem very non-aggressive in that way. I mean, if we were going on rage alone, I feel like Rachel would win. Yeah, well, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. The Parkers no, in general the rage are, are definitely go for kill shots. They have strong. It does. The rage is not required. It's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> That just, but rage does not necessarily equal fighting no. skill. If this was like a meter and at also, a fair I'm... where you were trying to hit the yes, bell, then like exactly. Rachel and I would probably win. 
<laughs> Rachel next to her terrible neighbors for, you know, a solid six hours, and then she would destroy that meter. If you can harness rage as a power, a physical power. Rachel is also the one I most easily picture as a centaur, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've never felt more powerful in my life. She does you. like horses. She can pony kick very hard. We used to share a bed when we were little, and she would stay with us in the summer, uh, and she would frequently just kick me out of the bed in the middle of the night, just, like, with one good, like, <laughs> so. Yeah, I got one of those earlier. Keep your distance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's the best I can do. Yeah. Bam. It's like a hammer of Thor. <laughs> Our next episode is go- we're going to start with the Tawny Man series. We're going to be reading Fool's Errand. We're going to read the first six chapters because some of us need to read chapter six because the first five chapters are pretty depressing, full disclosure. Uh, so uh, get ready because, yeah. Rachel's going to have emotions. I'm going to have, I might cry. I might cry in the mic. There could oh. be crying. I cried earlier when I read it. So. Hold on to your know. butts, you guys. Jeez. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, That's it's a it. lot of pages. It's 140 pages we just signed up for. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can say this yeah. talk because I already read it. How many hours is that? Uh, like probably maybe three. Oh, on audio? Yeah. They're like an hour each. An hour? Ah. All right, we'll start listening now. But nobody listens at one speed. Do like, do <laughs> no, like I mean it takes me longer than an hour to read these chapters because I fall asleep seven. Oh times. my god! No, I read I read eight chapters last night in like two hours. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a very slow reader. Okay. And then I cried, and then I read another <laughs> chapter, and then I cried, and then I went to bed. <laughs> I stopped after chapter six. Oh god. Okay. I'm just living in chapter six slide. It's great. Chapter? We should never read anymore. <laughs> we're just, we're just going to read. It's going to be a podcast where we just read this one chapter over and over and over again. And somehow we'll learn new and different things in every episode. Sounds great. It'll be like the Perfect. worst idea of all time, except like Except for books. books and it's not a terrible Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to turn this off now because we're long. Um, but thank you for doing this uh, ad hoc episode with me, guys. And, uh, happy birthday to yeah. us happy birthday to us i can't believe we did it we did it we're a year in and i know we that's are crazy six six books under under our belts <laughs> i hope we all eat cake one cake for each book <laughs> kara seeds you read faster <laughs> that's, what I need. Seed cake. that's what i need so the that's question you get the rage is... eli that's how you win the fight <laughs> <laughs> The question is, should I order a pizza for my dinner? Or yes. shouldn't I? I want pizza. What we do. I think that the answer is Rachel should order a pizza. I can order us pizza, pizza Joey. Dinner. Is that what we're doing? Are we doing pizza? Pizza day. It is pizza, pizza day. Pizza is like a pie, which is sort of like cake, so yes. <laughs> yeah, right? I can do that. That's the rule. Anything round and cut it cut in a radial fashion is, ca- is cake. <laughs> I, have really, I have really strict rules about what pizza is and isn't. Like, if there's not red sauce, it's not a pizza. Also, oh, no. chicken, it? it's it's bread with shit on top of it. Oh, no, Ashley. If there is chicken on top of the pizza, How do you feel about shit. pineapple on it? I, I will eat pineapple on pizza. <gasps> 
if there's red sauce. Pesto pizza, pesto and white. That's pizza not pizza. That's bread with <gasps> that's, that's so bread good. with some toppings. I get on chicken top. with white sauce. Pizza. I like bread with some toppings on it. Yeah. Barbecue sauce base. Oh, Ooh, apologies. No. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's, I'm not saying those so things don't taste good. I'm just saying is. that's not pizza. <laughs> Invalidating my pizza experience. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been pizza the whole time. How small are serpents when they're babies? The size of a pizza. The size of an anchovy? No. no they, you just curl it all the way around so that it swirls into the center of the pizza. How big are the mm. eggs? Yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't see that part of the life cycle, did we? Yeah. We don't know how big no. things are. Pizza topping part of the life cycle How they mate. <laughs> they're basically like a great white where we know that they're mating, but we don't know how they mate because we've never caught it on video before. Mm. Well, you know, I thought it was a ball. Like, these are intelligent. I don't think we should be watching them, honestly. It's true. <laughs> it's fair, like fair. Fair, fair, fair. I'm not... I'm not saying we need to watch. I'm just saying it'd be nice to know a little bit more about that very beginning of, like, mostly how big is the egg? Like, the size of an ostrich egg, do we think? Human eyes aren't meant for this. (laughs) It's like Chernobyl. Don't look into it. You'll explode. An ostrich egg is the equivalent of 24 chicken eggs. (laughs) So we, we, we we could extrapolate via size. Like how, like an adult dragon laying an egg is how many times bigger than an ostrich? Or a snake. I mean. Or a snake. How many do they lay, though? What if they lay it like row? Like a whole bunch of them? Like a bunch. I See, I imagine it's more like sea turtles. Yeah, Yeah, sea turtles. There's just like thousands of them just, just pouring out of that thing and just... Going, going, fucking ham straight towards the ocean. How big know. is a dragon? Like fifty feet? As big as a house. They grow. They grow they forever. They feet? grow until they die. The eggs just keep getting bigger. That's, so if that's a dragon is seventy feet and you divide it by like a two foot snake, <laughs> so thirty five <laughs> times the size of a snake egg. <laughs> there we go. Divided we got a number. By a two foot. Snake. Well, how big, how big is a regular snake egg? I don't even fucking know. Like, like snake eggs are, it depends on the snake. Right? A smaller than yeah. a chicken egg? Like an inch? Well, a different shape. But... You could have a whole so 35 pizza Snake eggs alone. are round, and they're... I mean, but yeah, it totally depends. So we're looking at like a like a big like foot and a half, two foot diameter Two and a half. Two yeah. and a half foot egg. diameter egg. I don't know. You're the engineer. A big egg. <laughs> I know we're talking lengths of, versus diameter. People who can do math on this podcast. Do you think? I don't know. why I'm asking this question. I already know the answer. I was going to be like, "Hey, do you think that they eat their eggs, or do you leave? Do they leave them?" But of course, they eat them. They yeah, have they to eat, eat them. the memory yeah. eggs. Yeah, they eat everything, and they go, "Oh, that tastes disgusting." I love what I learned from it. <laughs> I learned that I have to swim south. So I should order a pizza. I'm gonna yes. order a pizza. Yes. Okay. Well, I could make. Pizza, are we gonna stop recording, or are we like, pizza. is this happening? Include this. Cut this none of is this. all in the podcast, and people this should tell important. us how they. I want pizza. people to know my policy on pizza. <laughs> and how you should include this, but only for people who pay. 
<laughs> if you... <laughs> this is what you're no, missing. No, we're going to do this New York style. You already listened. You owe me $5. Chase you down. To buy our pizza. To, uh, it's like, you took it. You listened. You press play. That means you give me money. That's how that works. You know that thing where that's like, buy me a coffee? You can just do buy me a pizza. Coffee? Pizza fee? Pizza fee? Peas fee? Coffee. Coffee. Something else. That's something else. Thanks for bringing me back to reality. It's a pizza. Fee and pizza? pizza? Yeah, fee and pizza. She was calling it a pizza fee, but if you call it a pizza. That just makes me think of the pizza with feet on it. Although, feet on pizza. No, we're not talking about feet. We're done here. I know. Close it. it. Shut it down. (laughs) Feet and pizza don't mix. You're horrible. You're a monster. Conversation has devolved. <laughs> You're a monster. All right, you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Kill it. Kill it. Go order pizza. Bye. Bye. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>